Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. And each week, we tell the stories of our church as we often feature interviews with our members and sometimes other friends of the ministry. We'd like to invite you to join us this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church as we'll begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. We have adult Bible fellowships and children's programs at that time. And then our Sunday morning worship service is at 10.30 a.m. The Mask of Hypocrisy, back in our Acts series in Chapter 5 this time. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Good to be with you and good to talk about Sunday. We're coming towards the end of the week, and every time we come to this season, I mean, I'm just so excited about our church family being back together and the fellowship of the whole body around the scriptures. And so we're looking forward to that time this Sunday as well. You mentioned the times, but in our morning service, we're continuing a series we've been in for a few months now called Pursuing Our Mission, working just working our way section by section through the early chapters of the book of Acts. I don't know that we'll finish the whole book, but I think we're planning to go through chapter 11 and get a good picture of that initial stage of what God does in his church. This Sunday, our text is going to bring us to Acts chapter 5, which, if you're not familiar with it, might be a little bit of a shocking story, and I won't, I won't give away the whole thing. you got to come on Sunday to read about it, but we're going to summarize this idea. It really follows along with what we finished up at the end of chapter 4, where God is working. And in chapter 4, we started to see the beginning stages of the persecution that was coming to the church in the early part of the chapter. And then we find out that the persecution didn't do what it was intended. It didn't slow the gospel down. It actually expanded, multiplied the gospel. And what I think we're going to be introduced in in chapter 5 is is this idea that when God is at work in a church, the enemy, Satan, is not going to be idle. And uh, so in chapter 4, when the church survived and grew in spite of that persecution, that external persecution, then Satan turned his strategy to what has actually maybe proved to be more effective through the centuries, to internal hypocrisy. And uh, in fact, a lot of times if you talk with somebody who's either not a believer or not, you know, a Christian, one of the things that they'll say a lot of times is, I don't go to church because there's so many hypocrites in the church. And that may or may not be legitimate depending on their situation. But the reality is Satan has used the hypocrisy among Christians to his ultimate goals of destroying the testimony of the church. So really important text, the first 11 verses of chapter 5, and we're going to try to go at it and see what God has to say for us there. So uh, we would invite you to be a part of that service coming up on this Sunday as we keep working through Acts. We're really glad to have uh, Pastor Matt Vaughn with us, and I'll tell you why he's on in just a second, but we actually have Matt on the phone from the States. Matt, I don't even know exactly where you're at right now, but welcome to uh, KHMG. Thank you for taking some time to talk with us uh, here today. Oh, it's great to be great to be on with you. Where do we catch you? I know you're in the States, but tell us where. I'm in Denver, Colorado. It's actually a pretty nice day here today, but this weekend we're supposed to get some more snow. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful time of year here. But I'm looking forward to going to Guam. Some of my friends, we were talking, and 
They were saying, "What's the temperature there?" I said, "Ah, I think it's somewhere around 85." Yeah. And they were they were jealous. <laughs> yeah, you can safely say that almost any time that it's probably around 85. <laughs> well, Pastor Vaughn is coming to Guam. He's coming to Harvest next week for discipleship seminar. Our church has been talking a lot about, we think God's been leading us to be pretty specific about our calling, the mission that we've been given to make disciples of all the nations. And so we've tried to be really practical about what does that mean in the life of our church? What does that mean for us individually? We've invited Pastor Vaughn, if if he would come and, and help us for a weekend to do some training uh, for our church family, and really anybody that would like to be a part of it, on what does discipleship look like. And specifically, Matt's trained as a counselor. I'll ask him some about that in a minute. But specifically, some practical applications of you know, what happens when I'm talking with somebody and they bring up you know, a specific issue. Maybe they're struggling with their marriage or they're struggling with some suicidal thoughts or depression or any, of, any number of things. How can we help them from the scriptures? And so we've asked Matt to come to be a part of that, and he has agreed to do that. So we're looking forward to having you here, you know, just in a few days over this next weekend, Matt. I'm looking forward to being there with you. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background, maybe to let our people know where you're coming from. I've known you for a long time, since you are a little guy, but tell us about your story and growing up and maybe your spiritual journey. Sure, I'd love to. I grew up in a, in a really godly home. My, my mom and dad uh, really taught me, and, and not just taught me with the words, but then showed me uh, what it meant to follow Christ. And, and really, I think discipleship begins in the home mm. uh, with parents, with their children. And so I would say, you know, looking back now, uh, my parents really discipled me as much as just raising me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Uh, growing up, I was under, you know, your, your dad's ministry, uh, Dennis Walton there at Faith and Pembine. And uh, I'll tell you, honestly, Gary, I, I can't remember any of his sermons uh-huh. or any of the messages that he preached. But what I do remember is his tender love and care and concern mm. for the for the body of Christ. And mm. many times I've heard people say, you know, that people, they won't remember a lot of times what, what you said to them, but they'll remember how you treated them right. and how you made them feel. And so growing up there is just a great opportunity. Obviously, I was grew up at Northland Baptist Bible College and on campus there. Went to high school there, went to college there, met my wife. And we, we were married in, in 1999. And then after graduation, uh, we moved to Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia area, where I was on staff at a church and then pursued my seminary education. And my the seminary training was in theology and then also in biblical counseling. And what I, what I felt God uh, was going to have me do was maybe move somewhere to a rural community or move somewhere out west. And, and start a church, and, and then use counseling as a way to reach out in the community and then to mm-hmm. disciple people and, and help them. And uh, when I finished seminary, graduated, uh, God opened the door for me to move to Colorado, and so we moved here in 2004, and I started a ministry called uh, Rocky Mountain Biblical Counseling Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, we partnered with churches, but then the counseling center was located in a medical doctor's office, so I was able to meet with doctors, um, patients that were coming into the doctor's office. It was just a privilege to be able to open God's Word with them 
And for some of them, many of them were unsaved. I got to share the gospel with them, which is the first step of discipleship. Um, and then for many others, they uh, had a relationship with Christ, or they were just facing issues in their life, specific struggles. And so, again, to be able to open the Word of God and show them, you know, not only is the Word of God sufficient, but then the Spirit of God gives us the strength to obey. It's just been a great privilege of my life. So uh, then I went on staff at a church here in the Denver Denver metro area and, and was on staff at that church for nine years and, and helped them with discipleship and ministry, and, and now I'm just focusing on the counseling ministry. Let me back up sure. just for a minute to talk about, you know, I really love the concept of the family as, you know, really some of the initial discipleship places, you know, the ideal discipleship places. I know that yeah, you you and your wife have kids, too. How many, how many children do you have? We have five children, five boys, ages 17 down to, set, or down to eight. Man, you got your own basketball eight, team. So. you got a starting five, Matt. We do. Unfortunately, a couple of them just play soccer. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> so they are, yeah, they're great kids. It's, it's been interesting to work with them and to navigate through through life with them. And yeah. so they've been homeschooled, they've gone to a private school, and now a couple of them are in a, in a public school setting. And so just working with them and, and helping them work through those discipleship issues that they encounter there is, is a handful, and I'm thankful for God's work there. Yeah. And you said uh, your oldest is, did you say 17? 17, Titus. He's a senior in high school. Okay. And then down to seven, so about a 10-year span there? Yes. Okay. Well, so that means you're right in the middle of it, right, of, of those years of, of discipling and challenging. What, what have you sensed, and you and your wife sensed, would just be the biggest challenges as a parent in trying to think through, you know, intentional discipleship of your children? Well, what I would say to them is that the world wants to disciple them mm. into its mold. Yeah. The world wants to conform them to its image and its expectations. So whether it's uh, material things or whether it's acceptance through sports or whether it's, you know, just the friendships and those things, you know, even with here in, in Colorado, you have legalized marijuana and, uh, you know, the boys have been offered drugs by different teammates or different friends. So, you know, just working through those things and recognizing that the world wants to conform them to its idea and its agenda and its value system. And, and yeah, God, according to Romans 12, God has a very different value system and a very different agenda and goal and desires for their lives. Yeah, that's really right on, Matt. I mean, with most, you know, all of us as parents, as we're trying to navigate these times, it's really perceptive and thinking through that. Have, have you guys seen any, are there any, like, practical things that you've tried to do in the discipleship process for your kids that might be something to sort of grab onto, maybe somebody that's listening? Well, I have tried to help the boys understand, especially with the, the older ones, in the public school setting, is I've tried to help them understand that they have the answer. Mm-hmm. They have the truth. And so as they are going into the school system, as they're on their teams, as they're with their friends, that it's not, I don't want them to take a, primarily a defensive you know, position where, oh, I, I've got to hold on to this you know, weak or flimsy Christian belief system that's, at, that's being attacked from every angle 
I want the boys to understand, you know what, I have the, the truth. I have the answer from the Word of God, and I have the Spirit of God indwelling me, and therefore, when my friends have questions, when my friends have this, you know, one of, one of my, my oldest son, one of his friends was saying, that he's what he told him, he said, so basically, Titus, you're saying that being a Christian means, you know, no drugs, no sex, no alcohol, no partying, none of that. And his friend actually said to him, he said, it sounds like being a Christian is like living hell on earth. And, and, and Titus looked at him and he said, well, that's where you have it all wrong. Uh, because you don't understand what it means to have that relationship with God. And so it's just been very, very, it, it's day in, day out. And, and that's, you know, what I when I think about discipleship and when you think about what Deuteronomy 6 says, it's when you're walking and when you're talking and when you're, you know, last night I was at my son's uh, basketball game and uh, he got fouled pretty hard and the coach actually got two technicals and got kicked out of the game and, you know, we ended up on the way home talking to him about, hey, how do you respond when you're, right. you know, when you get fouled or when you get mistreated? And so it's those discipleship moments just on the pathway of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you're talking about the friends of your kids and that conversation that's not unfamiliar. I mean, many Christians have heard something like that. What you're describing of the Christian life without this and without this and without this, that sounds horrible. It sounds like you know, hell on earth. And it actually is an interesting segue to what what we're going to be talking about now, because the reality is that, you know, those same kids that are having this conversation with your son, living, you know, making the choices that they're making, my experience is many of them over the next five to 10 years are going to hit their mid-20s and their early 30s, and they're trying to put life together, and they're actually going to find out that, that the decisions that back then they felt like were, you know, if I can't do these things, what life is going to be like. And the reality is they found out that those things trapped them, you know, into some patterns and some, some habits. And now in their 20s and 30s, they're like, man, I'm heading towards disaster. Help me, right? And, uh, right. you know, and because, you know, anytime we live life separate from the way God designed life to live in the creation that he created, it just doesn't work. It, it you know, it makes a mess of things. And, and maybe that's a good segue to, you know, our discipleship seminar where we're trying to help people that are not, well, for their own selves, you know, many people are, are coming and are going to be saying, man, I got some things that I'm trying to work on, some things that I'm trying to change. And at the same time, I want to disciple others. I got people at work. I got people at church that I'm responsible for, and they're coming to me with, what do I do about this? I've got this pattern. I I have sort of a, a habit, an addiction. There's a sin issue that I'm really struggling with. You know, that's really what we're going to try to address, and we'll talk about some specifics of that. But maybe I could ask you this, Matt, trying to lead towards that. In your counseling, the ministry that you have now, you've had for a number of years, what would you say is the biggest issue that people are struggling with? And maybe what would you say, you know, what the foundational issues are? Maybe what, what you hear from them, you know, as you're talking with somebody, and maybe how you describe some of the foundations. I think you you hit the nail on the head as far as these kids growing up and then, you know, becoming disillusioned as they get older. Yeah. In fact, you know, Gary, I am always and constantly reminding my boys of the truths where Scripture says, 
be not deceived. Mm-hmm. And and we know that Satan is a master deceiver. He's a master manipulator, and, and he will say whatever he needs to say to whoever he needs to say it to to try and get them to do uh, whatever they can. So so understanding, first and foremost, that that we have the Word of God, we have the truth of God, is really foundational. And then secondly, helping people as far as they think, begin to think through things, and then as they begin to think with other people or help other people, is helping them understand that everyone is a counselor. Mm. In fact, the person whose counsel you listen to the most is actually your own counsel. Right. Because all day long, you're thinking things, you're responding to things, and, and you have to kind of filter those things that you're talking to yourself and say, okay, is, is this true? Is this, does this really match up with what the Word of God says? Or is this is what I'm thinking, you know, outside of what, what God says? And so understanding that we are interpreting the world around us and we are making sense and making meaning of those events that are going on around us, and then we're counseling, literally counseling ourselves, and then people don't necessarily think about it in this context, but and normally they think about counseling as, oh, we're going to set up a one-hour appointment, or we're mm-hmm. going to go have lunch, or go have coffee, and I'm going to counsel this person. And obviously that's one setting where counsel takes place. But counsel is taking place all the time. And so when you have a wife who's on the phone with maybe another lady, mm-hmm. and the lady says something about, you know, man, my... I'm just so sick and tired of what my husband's doing, or, or vice versa. Maybe a guy at work saying, oh, my wife does this, and it just drives me nuts. Right. And what comes out of that person's mouth when they are presented with those questions or those different scenarios, it's counsel. Mm-hmm. And so you may have one person who says, you know, I've had people where I've counseled them where they've said, you know, I was married to a guy like that, and I divorced him, and that was the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. Well, what she just did is she just said, you know what, without, I mean, she just heard one complaint that, the, that you know, maybe the wife had about her husband, and she's just spouting off counsel, and now that counsel's going into the wife's head and saying, okay, mm-hmm. that there was a situation at church where a lady in the church actually went to another lady and was kind of talking to her about her husband, and, and asking for help and stuff. And, and the one lady in the church, she actually said, well, I divorced my husband. It was the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. And so I had to follow up with that yeah. from the Christian perspective. And, and when the lady told me that, it was kind of funny. When the, she said, what should I say to the lady? Because now she, she comes by me in the hall, and she kind of like gives me this eye and says, you know, when are you going to divorce your husband? Mm. And uh, I, said, I said, next time the lady does that, I said, I want you to look at her. I want you to just look at her straight in the face and say, that is the dumbest thing I have ever <laughs> heard anybody say in my life. I said, and just look at just in all seriousness, say, you know, to think that divorcing my husband is the solution to this problem, I can't believe how stupid you are to think that. Mm. And the lady looked at me, she's like, really, you think I should say that? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and so sure enough, I met with her a couple weeks later, and she told me, she said, that lady said that, and when I told her that, her face just, like, dropped. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you're saying that. And uh, and that was a couple years ago. God has done a great work in that couple's life. Mm. They, they've had another child since then. Mm. And, and you think about, man, what would have happened if that lady would have think, thought, oh, yeah, I guess good Christians, they can do that. So you have all of those lies that Satan circulates. 
and that people believe, you know, guys come in struggling with their thought life. and Well, you know, I'm a guy. And so, you know, all guys, you know, this is something all guys have going on. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, no, it's, it's, the addictions are just so rampant and so prevalent, so destructive. Mm-hmm. So it never ceases to amaze me. And, and those are the surface things. Right. And then as you begin to go deeper and begin to drill on a little bit deeper and begin to see, okay, why is this pattern of living why was it attractive to you mm-hmm. at first? And now it's creating problems. Now it's straining your family or, you know, now it's creating conflicts with you, with your students at school or, you know, with classmates or teachers or now you're ineligible or what about this pattern of living uh, held out the promise of life to you? And I'll tell you, uh, Gary, one of the greatest joys and probably, again, one of the greatest things with our boys it's not just trying to help them understand, hey, say no, 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 no to the world, but really to help them understand that the greater joy, the greater glory is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so for them to see, you know, I'm saying no to garbage so that I can say yes to incredible gifts. Yeah. And so understanding that it's not ultimate sacrifice to say no to stuff of the world. Matt, I love this conversation. I can't wait uh, for you uh, when you get here and we get to have a whole weekend with our church family just to talk through these things. That, I mean, they just hit right at home with conversations that are happening across our campus and around our community with, with people. So, you know, I, I just can't wait. Thank you again for being willing to come. I'm excited specifically about some of the sessions. Chris will follow up at the end with the details, but maybe right here in the middle I'd say, you're going to be here with us, If those that are listening. Matt's going to be here January 24th through 26th, and the seminar starts on a Friday night. We have a 6 o'clock session that will go for an hour, and then we have three sessions on Saturday, and then a Sunday morning for our ABF, and then Matt's going to preach in the evening. So all of that information is on the website. Chris will give us the details to that. And you can sign up. We do need you to sign up, but it's January 24th through 26th. Just real quick, Matt, on Friday, you know, uh, just looking at these topics that you've got, you know, session one's, can the gospel really change me and others? Session two, what's really, uh, this would be on Saturday then, what's really disordered and dysfunctional in our lives? Can you give me just a minute? We just have a second on that. What's really disordered and dysfunctional in our lives? What will we be talking about there? don't really want to give away the secret or oh, give okay. away the idea. No, what, what we're going to do is we're going to spend that time in Romans chapter 1, okay. where basically it talks about how God is the creator, we are the creation, and what ends up happening in our lives is we worship and serve the creation rather than worshiping and serving the creator, and we're going to look at all the complications uh, that begin to, to, to flow out of, of when that reversal takes place in our lives. And, and so Romans 1 is just really, really rich. Yeah. And if you think about it this way, through the sessions, uh, my boys were asking, Dad, where's Guam at? And, you know, what's going on? And, and, and where are you going? And so I, I went on to Google Maps, and, you know, you start off with the globe, and then you know, type in Guam, and it, it zooms down on mm-hmm. Guam, and then you type in Harvest, and it zooms in on Harvest. And so I was showing the boys, here's where we're going. Did you so see Chris? Was was Chris walking across the campus or anything? How how detailed was the picture? 
I I don't think it was that detailed. Oh, okay. Maybe, but, um, <laughs> I I can look again, but but basically what we're gonna do is the the, the worship disorder. Yeah. Really, what we love is what what we're gonna start with, and then as we zoom in onto okay, let's look at our our individual, the circumstances, the situations that surround it. That's in the third session there, and then the fourth session is really going to drill down to, I think, the core of, of where we are as as people who think, who desire, and then who choose, and kind of look at the cognitive, affective, and volitional aspects of our heart. Yeah, session three are what are the dynamics of biblical change? So, I mean, this is a question Christians are asking all the time. I I want to do something different than what I'm doing right now, but I'm just having a hard time changing. So that's going to be awesome session. Yeah, session three, what I have found with this session is that if people will take these the questions that we're going to lay out, there's four questions. What's the situation? How did I react or respond? What was my heart thinking, desiring, and choosing? How does the gospel apply to me in this situation? I, I really think of it like a pause button on a you know, VCR or a DVD player or a, you know, a cell phone where you're watching a video and you hit the pause button. You have that chance either you know, with it still or really in slow motion to just examine, okay, what was the situation? Why, what, how did I react or how did I respond? What does my response show me about what's going on in my heart? And then what does God have to say about about my reaction, my response to the situation, what I need to be desiring and thinking and, and wanting. So I just, I think it's, it, they're all going to build on each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to want to miss any one of them. And it's not because I'm speaking, it's sure. just because the Word of God is so rich and yeah. so powerful and, and communicating to our uh, the needs of our hearts. Well, Matt, we're excited about it. And I know it's something we've been talking about. We've been praying for this. And uh, so we're looking forward to having you come here. We're praying over the next few days. Hope you have a great trip. And we'll connect with you. We'll connect with you here in a few days as you get here. Okay, that'll be terrific. I look forward to being there with you. Well, thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Our discipleship seminar, as we've been talking about, will be January 24th through 26th, Friday night, part of Saturday, and Sunday morning. You can join us at our Family Life Center. We're going to be exploring God's Word on issues of discipleship and biblical counseling. The seminar is designed to help believers seeking to grow in their ability to discipleship others. Some more detailed outline on the website. The RSVP form is found along with that other information on our homepage, hbcguam.org. hbcguam.org. As always, we'd like to personally invite you to services this weekend at the church as well. 10.30 a.m., we'll be discussing the mask of hypocrisy from Acts chapter 5. You can always stop by our Welcome Center in front of the auditorium to get details. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Harvest Time.